0: This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Shlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. For this episode of Soundmaking, I spoke with Jennifer Walsh. We chatted about her album, A Late Anthology of Early Music Volume 1, Ancient to Renaissance. The album was released on Tetbin Records in 2020 and the Irish Times, The Wire and The Quietus all selected it as one of their albums of the year. After this intro, you'll hear an extract from the fifth track on the album, Paratanus Organum Tripulum, and at the end you'll hear the entirety of the 15th track, which is called Dowland Flow My Tears. In our chat, Jenny discussed her work with Databots a duo of machine learning specialists, her experience teaching music history and the materials for each track and how she put them together.
1: My name is Jennifer Walsh. I'm a composer. I was born in Dublin, uh, grew up in Dublin, have lived all over the place, Berlin, New York, Venice, and I now call London home, but also Roscommon in Ireland. And I suppose I would say that I'm a composer, but also I make film, I write texts, you know, I um, perform as well a great deal. The music that you just heard was a version of Organum Triplum by Peritan. Um, It's a piece that was written in the Middle Ages, designed to be sung at Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. Uh, But I sort of intervened in the piece using machine learning to make a sort of a strange 21st century cover of the piece. I've been very interested in artificial intelligence and more specifically machine learning for a very long time. And in sort of... Early 2018, I was looking at the work of Databots and I thought the work that they did was very interesting because Databots do projects where they'll take, for example, they have a a YouTube project called Eternal Doppelganger, where they've taken all the music by a Canadian technical death metal band, trained a neural network on it, and then they just have this eternal... um, eternal generation of technical death metal YouTube channel. I got in contact with them because I was reading about and listening to their work in early 2018 and they said, oh, we should do a collaboration. And when you train a machine learning network to make a type of audio or to make anything you have to train it on a data set you need a large number of files that it can train on so that it can teach itself to to sort of replicate and extend the sort of the space of those files so luckily because i'm a improviser i had a lot of solo a cappella vocal recordings which meant that it could train on my voice and this this could be sort of a consistent dataset. So I sent this all off to Databots, to CJ and Zach. And a couple of weeks later, I got a a Dropbox or a WeTransfer link and I downloaded a folder that had 40 different training epochs. The results from all these different training epochs, I think it was 841 files in total. (laughs) trains. You call each sort of run of the system where it trains and gives outputs. You call that a training epoch. And then the code is adjusted. You know, you look at the outputs, you say, OK, maybe we can try and adjust it to be a little bit better this way or that way, or even just experiment, tweak the code a bit, little bit. Um, so it's normal that the first epoch is, you know, fairly close to unusable material. It's just like a baby trying to take its first step and falling over. And your hope is by the final epochs, uh, the baby can fully stand, run and, and possibly do some dance moves. I found it very interesting that A, CJ and Zach gave me all of the training epochs because quite often, uh, you know, musicians or artists working with machine learning are only interested in the final, you know, the best version that they get, the the one that can run and dance. Um, But I really enjoyed... Listening through to these files because the the very first file was just simply um, the network going ah for a minute without breaking. I had these files. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do with them. Then one day I was sitting in my studio and I was sort of thinking about the voice and my glance fell on the Norton Anthology of Western Music, Volume One, and. And I was thinking about, oh, yes, I used to use that to teach, you know, teach music history when I was a doctoral student. And the narrative that we used when we taught music history um, to undergraduate students was always that there needed to be this nice, clear through line because we taught Western music and you needed to talk about you know, plain chant evolving into organum, evolving into the motet, evolving into the mass, and the the voice sort of evolving from a ponif- po- uh, sorry, a monophonic line to like a polyphonic setting with six voices or more. And I thought, Oh, yeah, that's a lot like those files that CJ and Zach sent me and how the network learned to understand my voice. And so I felt, ah, this is what I want to do. I want to make a cover version of these classic anthologies of Western music that that students learn Western music history from back when I taught music history. Uh, the biggest challenge was the pace that you had to move at because we had three terms each of about 10 weeks of teaching and we had to go from the beginning of time to the present day over the course of those three terms. Um, And, In particular, we had to go from the beginning of time to the end of the Renaissance period in the first term. So you were moving at breakneck speed, you know, hundreds of years worth of music per class. One of the pieces that I was really excited to share with my students back then, and I would always enjoy when that week came around, um, was Flow My Tears um, by the composer John Dowland. I really love Dowland's music. I love the fact that you have these lute parts which can easily be, you know, Played on the guitar and sort of you know we can we can sort of spin them and update them how we like um i've used the piece um in one of my operas it's called set phasers on kill and it's a sci-fi opera and in that opera um i play it on the theremin so i spent a lot of time learning to play the theremin just to learn to play flow my tears by john dowland it's also the title of a philip k dick novel flow my tears the policeman said so it's a piece that has a lot of resonance you know, in a sort of a science fiction scenario for me... Tell you it's tricky trying to find midi versions of medieval music on the internet. There's not a lot of demand for them uh, especially for the Ars Subtilior. That's a bit of a nightmare because it's so complex the way that it's notated uh, but I managed to track down some midi of the Dowland because it's relatively straightforward and, and I sort of just had to say, right, this is this is my concept for this. This is how I'm going to sort of set up all the different files from the machine learning. I have this specific period, this specific range of the 841 files that I've allotted to John Dowland. And I don't know what's going to happen, if it's what it's going to sound like. Um, but I was very pleased with this one, because if you know the original you do actually have some sense of the original. you can hear that through it, whereas with some of the other covers, you can't hear the original so well. you hear something else. Um, and I this 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 was the track that actually made me release the album because originally when I made the album, I sort of thought this is a very, 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 very niche interest that I have in machine learning generated early music, probably not shared by any other humans. and it's my sort of little weird project it may just live in a folder on my laptop but my friend John Lidecker um, aka Wobbly was over and we were working in my studio when we were just sort of talking about what we were interested in and I said oh hey I've been making this version of the early history of western music with machine learning and he said oh play me some and I played him the Dowland and he said yep I can tell that that's the Dowland you should release this you know and that's what made me that's what made me put it out there. The results that I was originally given by Databots, a lot of the early files had whistling sounds in them, uh, very, very high, often piercing whistles that, that really sort of got to me after a while, because it was something that the network had picked up and felt that this was the right sound. And then at a certain point, you know, I'm on file 357 or something like that, the whistle just disappeared. And oh, my God, what a relief you have to just deal with where these files sit in that 841 sequence. You know, you say, okay, well, this is my John Dowland. So those files are towards the end. So therefore, I take this range and I have to draw the material from there. So that's the first thing is you have these range of files that you're not quite sure what they're going to sound like because you're not picking them based on their sonic qualities. You're picking them based on where they are in the history of the network's understanding of my voice. Then you've got MIDI files as well, MIDI versions of the original piece where you can find them. You've also got scores to look at just to sort of remind yourself of how it all works, because looking at piano roll is not the same for me as looking at like a score printed out. Then I've got my Ableton Live session and I'm sort of taking these and trying different things um with the midi files trying different things even with my own hearing but the main thing is is i'm trying to keep in the case of the dowland i'm trying to keep this sort of structure that you can hear these sort of harmonic and rhythmic cycles and things like that and of course there's some plugins um there's different things that i'm trying to do to make sure the different strands of it can be heard and heard well and if those whistles appear they're not going to be too overwhelming or too piercing and things like that We're all very used to this sort of visual aesthetic um, that emanates from sort of neural networks trying to make pictures of people that don't exist or dream, you know, Google deep dream. We've all seen these sort of images where there's weird artifacts or, you know, there's a picture of a person where the person has their eyes open and closed at the same time or they've an extra set of teeth. So that's a sort of a visual aesthetic that I view very much part of this time in history as, you know, generative adversarial networks are working on images and trying to make them look like humans, but you are still getting these weird little mistakes and artifacts. So I, when I listen to the album, I hear this, I hear the same thing. I hear, I hear the network full of artifacts, full of mistakes, full of the equivalent of a person having two sets of eyes or two sets of teeth. Um, and and i think that it's something like that i do and i've said this elsewhere that i sort of wonder if this if we'll have a nostalgia for this t- this sound at some point this like heavily artifacted machine learning generated sound if there'll be a nostalgia for it in 20 years time the way that we fetishize 80s since in vaporwave or things like that uh, so so that feels that I, I feel like i am listening to something which sounds like now
0: We'll now listen to Jennifer Walsh's Dowland Flow My Tears from the album A Late Anthology of Early Music, Volume 1 Ancient to Renaissance. <laughs>
2: I'm going